A fortnight tomorrow is New Year's Day. A week tomorrow is Christmas Day. And tomorrow is my birthday. And it's amazing how it works out like that every year. Now, birthdays are mentioned in the Bible, but they're not happy ones. There's Herod's birthday in Matthew 14. And from verse 1, at that time Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herod Dias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. But John said unto her, Unto him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger, given to the damsel, and she brought it to her, to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. So that was Herod's birthday and the beheading of John the Baptist. Then we have Pharaoh's birthday in Genesis 40, 20 to 22. It came to pass the third day, when, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. So that was the execution, the hanging of the baker. So not happy birthdays were they in scripture. Now, the French have got it right with their word for birthday, which is anniversaire. And that's true, isn't it? When it's our birthday, it is the anniversary of our birth. We're not uh, born again physically uh, on our birthdays. It is the anniversary of the time that we were actually born. So the French have got it right with the word anniversaire. Now, back in 1978, Boney M had a number one hit in the chart called Mary's Boy Child. And uh, Christian pop songs were popular uh, years ago, and so that one even got to number one. 
it's sort of theologically weak. It's saying about Christ being born on Christmas Day. We don't know the actual day that the Lord was born. Probably was not December the 25th, but that's Christmas Day, so that's what we've got to live with. But it, that song does say about man living forevermore because of Christmas Day. And in a sense, that's, that's right, isn't it? That those who know the Lord and have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved, yes, we will live forevermore because of the coming and the life and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I mentioned, we've all been born physically. But what matters is, are we born again? Now, when it comes to our birth, there was an appointed time. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 2 says, a time to be born. And we all were born and we all have a birth date, a date of birth, which we often have to give for ideal to identify who, who we are and what is your date of birth. And if we are the Lord's, then there's been a time when we came to know the, the Lord as our saviour, that we realised our need of him, our sins, and that the only way that we can be saved was, was and, and it is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we might not be able to pinpoint when we were saved. Some people can, but we don't all have Damascus Road experiences, and we've, we've many. It's sort of a gradual uh, process, and so, but there wasn't a particular day or a particular uh, place that I can, you know, is a gradual sort of time in which the Lord uh, spoke to me, and perhaps that's my own personal experience. I can't think of uh, a time. There, there was a date when I kind of, this was going back many years when I was in the Methodist church, and that I, I sort of, gave my heart to the Lord. It happened to be on the 1st of January, which is a very convenient day to do things like that. But I don't consider that as the time that I was saved. But I was quite young then, and, uh, and it seemed the right thing to do uh, at the time. But are we uh, born again? So as well as an appointed time of birth, there's sort of an appointed method. And in John 3, we have, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So there, kind of like Nicodemus was focusing on sort of natural birth, I want to be born again naturally. Uh, how can I re-enter my mother's womb? But no, I think those words that say about except a man be born of water and of the spirit <coughs> refers perhaps to a natural birth being born of water and the spirit of spiritual rebirth. But also water can give uh, the idea of cleansing and forgiveness as well. So I think being born of water perhaps can refer to natural birth and spiritual rebirth too. I think it was Spurgeon, I always like Spurgeon and some of the things that he says, can be quite uh, succinct and quite sort of uh, certainly to the point and quite humorous as well. And uh, but very profound. And somebody was questioning him once and said, why do you keep on about being born again? You know, every week you keep on about being born again. And then Spurgeon said to him, simply because ye must be born again. And left it at that expressing the importance of being born again. Ye must be born again. That's, that's, a, that's a sort of a, a word of importance, isn't it? Yes, you must do this. You, you, it's a word, isn't it, of importance. So we've, we've all been born, obviously, and we've grown up. But the key thing is, are we born again? Do we know that we are sinners? Do we know that we can be right with God through Christ and that there is forgiveness uh, for us in Christ? And the wonder of the Lord coming into the world, wasn't it? He came to save sinners. I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So regarding birth, an appointed time, an appointed method, and then thirdly here, the appointed progress, like growing to maturity as we, we grow up, 
we've grown up. We, you know, we're, we're not babies anymore. And we, we're growing up and, and we're getting older and, and so on. The, the, the evidence uh, of that uh, is apparent. And so we trust that as the Lord's people that we grow in grace. As 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And so that's our desire, isn't it? And that should be our, our, want, our, our yearning that we do grow in, in grace. We won't, in this life, be perfect Christians. Far from it. But may we mature and grow and, and through reading the scriptures and hearing it preached and, and often so many experiences in life. Uh, they help us to grow, don't we? And, and we, we sort of learn, a, we learn more and more of, of God and his goodness and his grace and his providence and his protection and, and guidance as, as things materialise and happen in life uh, to us and concerning us. But we know that God is, doesn't change. We're always changing and, and things around us are always changing, but God does not change. And when it comes to sort of birthdays, and also it's Christmas as well, there's lots of gifts that we give and that we receive. When I was, because my birthday is so near Christmas, uh, I felt hard done by when I was uh, young because particularly when I was young, the presents that I got, is, oh, I'll give you a joint present for Christmas, for your birthday and Christmas. You can have a joint present. Now, my sister has a birthday in June. Can't do it with her because her birthday's in June. But for, for me, I felt very hard done by it. You'll get a joint present uh, because your birthday's so near to Christmas. And I used to have to write thank you letters after Christmas. And people got a joint letter of thanks. So I got my own back in that way, sending them a joint letter of thanks. But about gifts that we get, either for birthday or Christmas or whenever, you know, <coughs> Some gifts that, you know, we're very pleased to have. And then other, perhaps, gifts we aren't quite so, aren't quite so appealing and, you know, I wish they hadn't given me that or something because uh, I, I don't really need that or I, I, I don't like that. I know if, if you gave myself or, or Anne for Christmas Ferrer Rocher, uh, they, they would go like to my sister. My sister likes Pura Russia. 
for neither of us like Ferrero Rocher. So uh, if you want to give us some sweets or chocolates, don't give us Ferrero Rocher, because neither of us like Ferrero Rocher. But that, that's the way, isn't it, with gifts that we receive, you know. Sometimes, you know, we're very pleased with them and other times not so. And, you know, we sort of thank people for their gifts and, and just out of politeness, even if we're not quite so happy with the gift. But may it be that the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and what a wonderful gift that God has, has, has given, you know, given to us uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and, you know, and to have sort of uh, to peace with God and, and have eternal life being the, the gift of God. And if you're given something, then somebody has paid for it. You haven't paid for it. They've paid for it. When it comes to our salvation, the price has been paid, hasn't it, by God in, in Christ in giving his life for us. Just thinking there about the appointed progress that I mentioned, may it be that as, as we grow in, in grace and as we get older and, and more and more, hopefully, as life goes by, we can testify more and more of the goodness of God to us. As it is, we can sort of like a, have a, a stack of, of times when God has been good and, and the pile is getting higher. So, yeah, increasingly throughout my life, you know, the, the pile has got bigger and bigger of the goodness and the provision and what God has done. And and so the pile grows and grows of the goodness of God to <coughs> us. So may it be that the grace of God is a subject that thrills our souls and captivates our thoughts and governs our lives, not just at this Christmas time, but all our days. But I just want to change the image somewhat now, because I was sort of wondering, I've sort of had a, a few uh, sermons to sort of to preach last week and then the next two weeks, actually. I've got a, I've got a run of about four in different places. And uh, I was sort of wondering, sort of, I mean, some sort of inspiration. And uh, it came, this one I'm about to say, it, is, it came in sort of a bit of an unusual way, uh, this sort of inspiration. And it, uh, I was listening to uh, a sermon of the pastor of my auntie's church down in Dorset. And he mentioned... Uh, he was talking about Christmas adverts, I think it was for this year, and there was an article in The Independent about the best and the worst Christmas TV adverts. 
uh, somebody had written this article and then and they kind of put a list a list together and it, I didn't see the article uh, but I just heard about it what this pastor was mentioning and he said the top advert uh, given by this, this journalist in the Independent, the top advert this year, I don't know if you've seen it, I hadn't seen it, I had to go onto YouTube to find it, uh, is actually one for Lidl's. Other supermarkets are available, of course, but for Lidl. And it, it, it concerns a raccoon so animated raccoon. Now, while living in a family backyard, the raccoon notices the mother of the family drop a toy monkey that she's bought a little for her son to make up for a Christmas tree ornament that got accidentally broken by the family dog. Holding the toy monkey in its mouth, the raccoon sets out on a risky journey across the city to bring to find the toy and to bring the toy to where it belongs, much to the mother's surprise and joy. And this is the advert. I say I hadn't seen it, but I, I looked on YouTube and, and sort of found it. And it sort of really here it's about a rescuing and it sort of made me think of of why our Lord came into the this world and thinking about like Jesus lived kind of a re risky life but it was more more than that but on the surface, it might seem as though the Lord had, uh, had come and that he, he risked his life. There's more to it than that, but just begin there. And I'll just give one or two sort of references on what perhaps might be considered, well, Jesus coming uh, and that he risked his life. In Luke 2, 7... She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So here was the birth of the Lord in the first place and it wasn't sort of some comfortable, secure place, you know, that, that stable uh, and laid in that manger very exposed. And so he said, well, that was risky. Then we read, didn't we, in Matthew chapter 2, with the wise men. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, verse 7 of Matthew 2, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when we... Ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east 
went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down, worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And then we read from verse 13, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So there we're at sort of the risk for the Lord with Herod. And so then there was the departure into uh, Egypt. And then we read, don't we, of the killing of children uh, later on in that chapter in the hope that it would eliminate and kill the Lord Jesus. So, you know, right from the start of uh, our Lord's life, we, we sort of see, uh, you know, the, the risk to his life. And in Matthew 4, we have later, obviously, in his ministry, then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him if thou be the son of God cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone so here was uh, sort of the, the risk as it were from the devil and his temptations well, if you cast yourself down, you'll be all right because the angels will look after you. And then in Luke chapter 4, we, about, we, hear, hear, we read there about the, uh, the Lord being thrust out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. So such was the, the hatred of the Lord from people that they wanted to do away with him. And in Matthew 26, it came to pass, from verse 1, it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. So we see the, the danger of our Lord was in and how people hated him and wanted uh, to get rid of him. 
But in John 7, 6, Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. That's true, isn't it? When we think of the Lord, it wasn't so much that he risked life. Well, it's more than that. I mean, this, this cartoon, this advert, is about this animated raccoon risking his life. When it comes to the Lord, he gave his life. He gave his life. And it wasn't for toy monkeys. It was for human beings, for people like us. He came into the world for us. And also, of course, it was uh, when the Lord was to die, it was at the appointed time. I mentioned earlier about appointed time. And so it was with our Lord and his coming into the world and for his death. So though he was sort of under great risk, as it were, and there were those who wanted the Lord dead from very young to, to older, they couldn't take his life until the appointed, the appropriate time. The Lord said in John 10, 18, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. He gave his life, and at just the right time. In Luke twenty-two fifty-three, it says, When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. The Lord was in control of, of all things. And that's, that's the wonder, isn't it, of the gospel and, and the coming of the Lord and all the prophecies. And it was all... Uh, Perfect timing, it was, it was all according to God's timetable, time, time scale. And it went, it went off according to God's plan in its entirety. Uh, and you, you have so many prophecies of, of the Lord uh, in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before. And how they came true um, with the place and, and the exact circumstances. You know, our Lord was in complete control. In Matthew 26, from verse 51, it says, Behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? You know, the Lord Jesus, the God-man, you know, he, he had the power 
to 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 sort of stop the the those against him, the enemy, in one fell swoop. And he, yes, he could have called upon all these angels to silence them and, and help him. But no, the reason why the Lord came was to, to live the perfect life and then die that excruciating death by crucifixion in order that his people would be saved. And of course, death could not uh, hold him because on the third day he rose again and ascended and one day again will come to us, uh, come to this uh, earth and return in great in power and in great glory. So it is, it's wonderful, isn't it, you know, of the sovereignty and the control of, of God and all these things. And that's a comfort to us, I think, in, in our lives too. When it seems as though the enemy is against us and, 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 and situations seem to be uh, really pressing upon us. And, uh, and we, it's easy to become anxious and despair and all, all these things are against me. And that, but let's remember as with the Lord, let's remember that God is sovereign, that he's in control, and that he knows all about the things that affect us in life. He will make sure that we're not, uh, that we're not tried above what we're able to cope with. It's as though the Lord has his hand uh, upon the dial, as it were, said, this far and no further. And I'm sure that we can say, often in times of trial, and we all have trials, of, and maybe I'm going through them now, and, and I have done and will do, that we can say, God, God has been good. God, I've discovered something of God and the love of God and the power of God in those times that I never really appreciated before. But I've been through this trial and going through this trial and, and I'm discovering something of the Lord that is so precious. And, and that's sort of a wonderful thing, isn't it? To be able to say that of, of trials that we go through uh, in life. And let's remember, you know, what, what the Lord went through and, and all, all that he suffered. And uh, we we'll never appreciate or, or understand the level of the suffering that Jesus went through for us. But he knows when we suffer, what we are going through. He can say, I know how you feel. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we say that to others. I know how you feel. And perhaps it's, perhaps we don't really. But the Lord knows what we're going through and is able to, to help us. 
Matthew 20, 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So that's the joy, isn't it, of what we celebrate at this Christmas time. And, and it's something that we should joy in all the year, isn't it? The Lord Jesus came into this world and just risked his life. He gave his life. And he gave his life for human beings, for those who've got never dying souls, sinners as we are. And he gave that we might have a free gift, but it cost him everything. Amen. And uh, what a blessing that is. Well, may, may we know something of the joy of the Lord and may we know that we are the Lord's uh, now and throughout this Christmas period and may the Lord bless his word to our hearts and May the Lord bless the, the work of the gospel here. Would uh, pray for ourselves at Ebenezer in, in, in Hastings, St. Leonard's, and with James Gudgeon beginning uh, pastorate, God willing, in January. So a new era for us there. So value prayers for us as well as we pray for you. Amen. Let's sing in conclusion 183. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. May indeed we know him in our hearts, ruling and reigning. 183.